Welcome to Study Buddy, meditation philosophy for the heart of your practice. Let's begin with some class highlights. For me personally, uh, it, it, it reminds me not to be afraid, that it is just a part of the normal flow of life. Like that smaller self is like that kind of smaller bubble. And it, it, at some point it just kind of becomes a little bit bigger. I just, I find like it just brings a certain level of joy, even if the situation isn't maybe externally super joyous. Because it doesn't come with this like needing to fix or change or judge or understand. Um, certainly death is something it's hard to digest, but you can surrender. The quintessential sense of surrendering everything to become much greater. I try to feel Tara's presence all day. I try to do her mantra. And there's times I ask myself, if Tara was really here, would I be doing this? Would he, you know? And huh. what I have felt that yes, that I can encompass everything. It's, it's not what I'm doing, it's how I'm doing it. Aloha everyone, welcome to Shiva Sutra 3.8. Before we begin class, I want you to do something with me. Imagine that you have a rose in your hand right now. I want you to lift that up and take a breath in through the nose to smell it. A conscious breath like that yields the scent of pure awareness. Even the way you just breathed was so effortless and real. Imagine if you could breathe like that more throughout your day, or if you could pull that kind of awareness into your day. Well, that's exactly the sentiment at the heart of Shiva Sutra 3.8 that the yogi can make their life into a ray of universal consciousness. How do we arrive at such a state? With practice. The practice of consciously doing less on the outside and more on the inside. And what's fascinating is that when we stop doing, 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 life starts blooming, blooming, blooming. And even though it may seem like we're letting go of precious thoughts, plans, and schemes in order to be more present, we soon feel ourselves filled to the brim with the contentment we were seeking. Because as the sutras conclude, the nature of self is awareness. When awareness is held, everything is held. So take another whiff of pure awareness time to begin. Let's practice. As always, uh, we have to start by really pulling ourselves into the present. And the first layer of that, the first kosha of that experience is the physical body. And um, it can really be helpful to do some gentle movement, conscious movement, pull our awareness down onto this physical realm and then we'll keep moving that awareness within layer by layer to start to feel the sutras in our in our heart feel them in our being as opposed to just think about them of course with our thoughts
I'm going to turn over to Abaya to guide us in that. Thanks, Satyam. So take a moment to just glance around your room and, and notice how much information you're able to take in through your eyes. And there's actually um, more neurons in your body than in your eyes. So we can actually take in more information by feeling than we can by seeing. So imagine all this information coming in through your eyes as you gently close your eyes. Imagine the possibility of so much information from the present moment coming in via feeling. Feeling the air around you, feeling the weight of the body on your seat. And starting to sense inside the physical body, maybe the temperature of your body, maybe even the gentle rise and fall of the breath, the pumping of your heart. And to stimulate these mechanoreceptors, these neurons that give us all of this information of feeling will just move a little bit. And you can do this exactly where you are. You don't have to change position. Just let your pelvis and legs feel really heavy and grounded anchoring and spreading into your seat, whether it's a cushion or a chair. And ever so gently start to shift the weight around on your pelvis, drawing a circle from the back, one side, front, other side. And see if you can move really small it takes a little extra focus to feel those smaller, less obvious sensations. Imagine that focus pouring out of the mind and into the present moment, into your body. Allow the circles to get a little bit bigger if that feels inviting. As the pelvis continues to circle, just notice the pathway of your spine. You don't have to change it or tell it what to do. Connected to the pelvis. So as the pelvis gently moves, the spine follows. can go the opposite direction. And then allow the circles to get smaller and smaller until you find a place of equal balance from left to right and forward and back. 
just notice the length of the spine emanating from your base. Let the body soften so it doesn't feel hard to maintain this seat, even if that means you don't have a perfect spine, that's even better. Just let yourself relax. Just gently smile. And then notice any sense of increased awareness in this internal realm that will continue to explore in our philosophy class. And now the real test, can you keep all of those neurons firing as you reopen the eyes? Now you have twice as much information about the present moment. And we'll move from that space into just a recitation of the sutra itself. <clears throat> Jagrat Dvitya Kara Jagrat Dvitya Kara Feel free to sort of mutter it a little bit to yourself Jagrat Dvitya Kara Like a mantra The waking state is another form of the yogi's real nature of consciousness. The waking state is another form of the yogi's real nature of consciousness. And let that land, try to feel it. The path through the sutra um, has been one that describes uh, levels of our awareness, trying to walk us through how do we get from just a normal waking state kind of individual to an individual who literally is aware of their consciousness and their true nature in their waking state. That path was described to us in these terms. We begin as individuals with individual consciousness, which is considered the state of the mind. So we're sort of in our minds at first. And then we find a practice. And that practice becomes a vehicle to help us connect with God consciousness, is how the sutras put it. We might be more familiar with just saying awareness of our true nature, Shiva consciousness. Um, but God consciousness, as the sutras write it, is the state of the self. But we're told that vehicle must also be surrendered in order to arrive at what the sutras describe as universal God consciousness. And of course, these terms can be interpreted in many different ways, but it means arriving at a state where you really, your state of being reflects your spiritual practice. And this state is beyond the mind. That's very specific, we're told. So at first, we're lost in our mind. Then we have a practice that helps us focus our mind and direct our energy. Then eventually, we have to go beyond our mind 
in order to experience our true nature. It's almost like having to go off the map to find the destination, which I think every uh, sort of epic trilogy has pushed us to do. It's always the last scene when the the tool doesn't work anymore and they're just left with themselves, right? Or the map ends and they have to find their way, right? This is not unfamiliar even in pop culture scenarios of growth and triumph. And uh, just to give you a visual of this process, you can look at it as a ladder that we're climbing. We start again as individuals climbing up through our practice to this next level of awareness, awareness of something beyond our small self, but then eventually arriving at a state of being that reflects that space. Um, I'm excited to share with you uh, what I would call, I'm calling a Rudy Sutra. Uh, if anybody's familiar with the audio, things, audio recordings we have of Rudy, I know we, we call them Rudios, just didn't feel like powerful enough. The Rudy Sutras, <laughs> and they're actually numbered just like the Sutras, oddly, like 1.1 and 1.2. So this is Rudy Sutra 2.5, and um, I found him describing the same uh, concept, and I just thought it was so helpful. So the Shiva Sutras written a thousand years ago, this audio taken 40, 50 years ago, I mean, just identical concepts. So we're going to hear it, but sometimes it's hard to hear the words, so I wanted to write out the part that I want you to hear. He says, there's one level of existence. This goes, and then you get filled with spirituality. And then you empty that out, and you get filled with God. There's three levels of stuffing in our existence. We're filled with us, then we're filled with it, and then it goes, and we have our spirituality three levels, just like the sutras described. Us, it, and then spirituality. And he goes on to say a little bit more about the role of the teacher in that process, and you'll hear all that in just a moment. So as always, when we're listening to um, Rudy speak, uh, let it go right to the heart, let it go right to your bone marrow, and uh, really try to Feel it as deeply as you can. Soak it in. Let it bypass the head. And um, but before you go too deep, give me a thumbs up if the audio is is good <laughs> when I play it. Okay. <laughs> and if it's not, just that. okay. So here we go. We have to have it out. This is one level of existence which goes, and then you get filled with spirituality, and then when you empty that out. Then you're filled with God. There's three levels of stuffing in our existence. We're filled with us, then we're filled with it, and then it goes and we have our spirituality. I'm going to play that one more time and then let it play through. We have to have it out. This is one level of existence which goes and then you get filled with spirituality, and then when you empty that out, then you're filled with God. There's three levels of stuffing in our existence. We're filled with us, then we're filled with it, and then it goes and we have our spirituality. That's why, you see, no one, uh, in a sense, you get filled with me if you have nothing else to fill you. And it's a cheaper kind of stuffing. And then you have to have that pulled out to have your realization, because I'm not a substitute for God. You know, I'm a temporary filling. A teacher is only that, and should only be that. 
and that's why uh, to really want realization, you use everything that can fill you, and then you constantly surrender it. Uh, to really want realization, you use everything that can fill you, and then you constantly surrender it. So these levels of awareness define our work. They define our path. They're our trajectory. It's not an accepting or a rejecting of reality. It's a consuming, a digesting of, of our, our arenas of our life. And then eventually like a surrendering. And this sort of guides us into the last aspect of our of the sutra that was all sort of a, a recap but of course it's unveiling new new work but the last part of the sutra talks about sort of the nature of surrender and sort of helping us understand it not in those exact words it reads it reads this, but instead of me talking some more, Meru, would you mind reading this out loud for us if it uh, works for you? Whatever is found in this universe is existing in universal consciousness. So there is nothing to illuminate, nothing to separate from your consciousness. When universal God consciousness is the foremost aspect of this yogi, then everything is filled with their universal consciousness. When awareness is held, everything is held. Let's take a minute, read it, reread it, feel with it, right? Feel with it for all of us. So remember, our trajectory for the sutra is we're go we're we're working towards the understanding of our life being a a, a a reflection of our highest true nature, having our waking life be our spiritual life. And how do we get to that? It's not a decision that we make. We all we know that as practitioners, we know there's a work to do. And so this is sort of, I think, helping individuals with that. There's nothing to eliminate, nothing to push away from your awareness. I'm trying to say that's not, we're not going to get there by getting rid of all the things that make us uncomfortable. And we're not going to get there by pushing away the individuals that might make us uncomfortable. That's not the path to this state. Because when universal God consciousness, or we just might say when the practice, when someone's growth, spiritual growth, is the, the foremost aspect of the yogi, when that's like at the forefront for them, then everything is filled with the consciousness that they're seeking everywhere they look. And the sutra concludes with this second line, when awareness is held, everything is held. When awareness is obtained, everything is obtained.
So just to break up some of the quotes a little bit, um, let's just take a moment. Um, and any comments or questions about about this this aspect of our work tonight? Anything jumping off the page for you? There's nothing to eliminate, nothing to separate from. When it's at the foremost aspect of your awareness, and everything is filled with what you're seeking. And if there's not, we've got plenty more to go, but I'm going to open the floor up. Great, Anonima, go for it. I just have a question. So this separateness is not the same as non-attachment. Let's take a look at this separateness. So the specifically nothing to separate from your consciousness is your question. So rephrase your question for me one time. Holding that awareness, but we're still not being attached to it or attached to whatever arises. We're just holding it. Well, the sutra is really clear about using the word digest. So I, I feel like it's like if you're served a plate, there's nothing on that plate you need to like scrape off of it. And there's nothing you need to like, it's not like you split the peas up from the potatoes. There's nothing to separate on that level. It's like it's all to be consumed. So if that's what you mean by holding in your awareness, maybe that's it. But, you know, digest was the word that the sutra used, and, and Rudy obviously always used. That's how I was interpreting it. Does that help? Thanks. Yeah, cool. And then, you know, that's a great, s and I apologize if, I s if there's any other hand, but that's a great segue to the next, to a quote from Rudy that, can, that talks about this. He specifically says, ultimately, all experience can be considered as food that can be encompassed and digested. When we can either digest or surrender everything we attract, then we're free. So feel with this in context of the sutra for a moment. If you want your waking life to be a spiritual life, if we, for example, if you want to be enlightened, you know, that word that we might throw out there but not ever fully comprehend, um, it means you got to digest everything you're served all day, right? What do you think? Gita is leaning in, and then Anju has her hand up. Go for it, Gita. This is another, to me, this is another way of saying that a yogi neither grasps nor rejects what life has to offer. Absolutely. Yeah. 
neither accepts nor rejects. And then like it's always like what's the third thing? What's the third option that No grasp uh grasps or rejects. Yeah. We want we don't want to hang on to it, nor do we want to push it away. Hmm. And how does this idea of universal con God consciousness in however we want to interpret that through our practice being the foremost aspect of the yogi how does that relate to not accepting or rejecting like why is that the answer and how is that how does that what does that mean to you for me yeah. when i think about that i think of the egg and you know at the very top part of the egg the topic chart yeah and everything manifests out of that what is shiva so um if i think it's just these are uh, more mundane manifestations if you will um we should be uh able to just again i'm using another metaphor it's part of the play of of lila the dance of shiva Easier said than done. Yeah. So when you hold your awareness on Shiva, what does that look like? What does that feel like to you? What does that mean to you in terms of this not accepting or rejecting, but doing that instead? For me personally, uh, it, it, it reminds me not to be afraid. that it is just a part of the normal flow of life. Thanks, I'm just sort of sitting with that. Well, that's really, thank you, Gita. I think that's really something that we can all feel with you know how often do we accept or reject because of specifically what Gita said you know something maybe like fear you know like there's just something you're afraid of happening or afraid of not happening maybe Gita that's what you're referring to mm -hmm. yeah and it might be a different feeling that we all sort of encounter but the um that there's something you have to sort of transcend in that moment to keep that, keeping your consciousness on Shiva, for example, requires some transcending of some contraction that that thing brings up. Thanks, Gita. Anju, you, I, um, you had your hand up too, and then Yogita's hand went up. I'm not. I'm not sure I can yeah say anything as as profound as Gita, but um, it just felt really serendipitous to be going through this teacher right now as well with Janeshwar and Radharani's talk last week too, because mm. um, I feel like they do share quite a bit of commonality of of this like. For me, it helps me let go of a lot of judgment of like my lived experience, meaning to judge or understand what I'm going through, um, you know, in my day to day and recognize it all as, as 
the form of spirituality that everything has, you know, something to grow from. And it almost creates this like full shift in perspective to get out of your head and to kind of sink into, into the practice in your day-to-day life. And I just, I find like it just brings a certain level of joy, even if the situation isn't maybe externally super joyous. Um, because it doesn't come with this like needing to fix or change or judge or understand. Well, that's the second week in a row you said you weren't going to say anything profound and then you did. So I think I'm seeing a pattern. But um, that was, I really, really appreciated what you were saying in the sense of how, and this relates back to what Gita was saying about this play that's a, that's present. If you, if this is your focal point, then there's like uh, there's a bigger there's like a there's like this play occurring. It's not about the ups or the downs. It's almost like how in sports you can get really tied into winning or losing, and that's accepting and rejecting. But this is saying playing, uh, growing. Like those are the things that we're reaching for in in these moments. And getting attached to these other aspects usually just pulls us down no matter what. And how it, there's a, you said, a joy that rises up when you're able to really connect with, like, the play of it. Thanks, Anju. Yogita, did you want to chime in? What this reminds me of is I try to feel Tara's presence all day. I try to do her mantra. And there's times I ask myself, if Tara was really here, would I be doing this? Would she like to eat this? Would, you know, would she like this movie? You know? And oh. w- what I have felt is, is you know, I keep that a vocal point um, that, yes, that I can encompass everything. It, it's not what I'm doing. It's how I'm doing it. Now, my mind gets real crazy, then I don't feel her presence as much. But that um, yeah, that's the way I relate to it. <laughs> wow. That is so amazing, Yogita. Thank you. It is, like, super, I think I saw a lot of people sort of light up there. I know you have a profound connection with Tara that's, in these last couple of years, has really just skyrocketed, you know, in your practice. And Faith talks about it. Every time your name comes up, she talks about your connection with Tara. That's really beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Hmm. It reminds me of the, the the story that Faith told recently about the the little boy trying to give Tara the chickpea, and it kept falling out of her hand, and like just how important it was for Tara to eat first and you th- when you said would Tara enjoy this food it's just like phew. it's really bringing it to the a very subtle level of our daily life that I think gets overlooked any other comments um, on this aspect of the sutra Okay. And this brings us to the sort of the last component of the sutra that um it's a continuation of this thought but it 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 gets 
slightly confusing and slightly interesting if you're willing to sort of, you know, work with the sometimes the semantics. And keep in mind, this is like a thousand years old. I just feel like I can barely understand, you know, something written 400 years ago that might be like a Shakespeare. Is that 400 years? You know, a thousand. I mean, we just forget that. Um, but uh, the last aspect starts to talk about nothingness and, be and becoming less and less. And, and by becoming less and less of their small self, like that's the path to becoming more and more of your big self. And uh, a lot of people, you know, we would assume we can just, oh, I want to, you know, Baba says it all the time. I want to grow spiritually. Uh, things should just uh, unlock themselves for me. Like he says it, you know, a lot. Oh, it should be peaches and cream. Um, but in reality, we find, like what Gita was referring to, we have to work through these challenges to arrive at this higher state of being. And this brings up the concept of like this nothingness because we're becoming less and less of our personality. We're becoming less and less of our likes and dislikes. And to a lot of people in the world, that would feel as though you were giving up who you are, right? But as practitioners, um, you proved to yourself through your practice, not through anything else that you aren't becoming less of anything. You're becoming much bigger. And that the thing you thought you were was the thing that was smaller. Um, and so that's sort of where this uh, sutra finishes. Um, to introduce that concept, I wanted to refer to this quote from Babaji, Sri Shambhavananda. Um, so he says, the more I teach, the better I feel because I know less and less and less. Hmm, how could that be? The more I teach, the better I feel because I know less and less and less. Take a moment and imagine with each breath you take knowing less and less and less. Take just three or four breaths. You don't know what's outside of the room you're in. You don't know what's happening tomorrow. You don't know what happened yesterday. You don't know how to operate your computer. You know less and less and less. What's left? Everything. Which brings us to this sutra. Um, Jema, would you be able to read this out loud for us? Is it everything set up for that? Yeah, I think so. Can you hear me? Yeah, thanks. Perfect. So nothing is lost because when you lose something, you experience that there is something less. But that lessening of consciousness is also existing in universal God consciousness. If that lessening of consciousness is found as part of awareness, it will improve the functioning of that universal God consciousness. So remember, hang in there on the semantics, everybody. Reread it. Feel with it. Thanks, Jima.
Wow. And it really just keeps going and going, almost like a, a well that keeps digging down and down and down within. When I read this, it just feels like it, it turns me inwards like a height, like a uh, Zen Cohen, where your mind just keeps stopping. Sure. And Mondir is going to share. She's right over here, but our camera isn't quite wide enough, so you'll just have her voice. You might just scoot forward to that. Yes, I do. Okay. Oh, I do have to scoot forward. I really enjoy working with the verbiage of something less. I don't think I've ever read anything like that in the sutras, but obviously it's related to surrendering and letting go. But I find often when there's a lot of doership in my practice, things can feel like I need to add something to my practice, like I need to do something, and it can often get kind of heavy, and I'm just really enjoying this experience and of less and relating it to the practice that we did in Monday night with Babaji recently, and it's something I'm trying to bring into my practice, doing less also to feel more. <laughs> I just think it's an interesting, it's just cool that that wording came up today. I've been working with that. Mandir, thanks so much. I, I, I'll have the camera set up next time. I feel bad for not being, you guys being able to see her, but uh, one technological advancement at a time. So yeah, absolutely referencing that the meditation guidance from Babaji from three weeks ago now, but I think it's still ringing in everyone's heart. It was pretty big deal. Uh, just the sort of the the letting go of doership with our breath was specifically that practice. Um, if for any reason you missed that one, um, I think it's even highlighted on the Sangha blog. It's worth sitting with multiple times. And so yeah, this really does bring bring to light. that when we're able to let go of less and less of our doership, we, it, it improves our, our practice. It improves the functioning of the Shakti working within us. In fact, I think in that meditation from Babaji, he has a very direct moment about halfway in when he says, don't push it, don't pull it, allow it allow it to function what's it you know and universal god consciousness a thousand years ago we might call it shakti true nature shiva awareness there's definitely something functioning within us and and when we can practice getting out of the way it is allowed to function at its highest level and we're and I think it was I can't remember which quote it was, but Bob was very specific. He's like, the work I'm doing right now is he's like, I'm not doing it. It's coming through. And we've heard him say that many times. So another perspective on that. Thanks, Mandira. 
There's one more way of looking at this concept of doing less, and it doesn't really change the topic, so you're welcome to chime in on this one as well. Um, let's see. Arya, do you want to read this one for us? Can you guys hear me okay? Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> when a yogi is aware that his nature of self has become less, then because he is aware, it has not become less. The nature of the self is awareness. When awareness is held, everything is held. You can see why Arya is an amazing teacher or school, because I just could have listened to her read on and on. That was really nice. Hmm. So is this anyone, uh, is this sparking anyone's awareness, this idea? Any comments or questions on it? Nature of self has become, when you're aware that your small self has become less, then because you're aware of it, it has not become less. The nature of the self is awareness. Dharma has his hand. Dharma, go for it. Yeah, I had this like, um, like an image of like a bubble and it's like attached to another kind of larger bubble and then they merge and become like a larger bubble together and it's like that limited like that smaller self is like that kind of smaller bubble and it, it, at some point it just kind of becomes a little bit bigger it's kind of like that drop in the ocean metaphor too but the the bubble one was the thing that just kind of you know, help me with the bubble one i need a little bit more on the bubble one i know the raindrop ones because this is a new one help me okay and maybe it was because like henry had a bubble bath earlier tonight so I'm just thinking <laughs> that's bubble. definitely because henry had a bubble bath go for it <laughs> <laughs> so so there's there's a bubble and 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 it's experiencing itself as like its bubble self, and it, it's got that sort of outer thing, and, it, and it, it, it's part of awareness. But there's this sort of larger experience that's possible as it sort of merges with the space around it, which is just more bubble. Hmm. And it's become a larger space of bubble and awareness, hmm. and it, it continues to sort of do what hmm. that bubbleness can do which is like it can expand as it starts to encapsulate like other kind of bubbles around it but that's as far as I got it was more of a visual feeling kind of thing than it was like a real logic to it no it sounds great I really it feels like a great visual to help with the the levels of awareness you know where in uh, just the idea of of growing and expanding and then you know and it's like 
everything changes it's not like the the bubble gets more bubbles it's like your whole being expands everything about you is different like how rudy says the whole bush grows in all directions it's not like the bubble grows this way or that way it really grows and grows and grows and grows and then eventually i don't know if you said this but the popping you know really does represent that that surrendering that rudy talked about of letting go of everything you were growing from even letting go of that at some point to become you know whatever that next level is that is beyond the mind so that really works for me although I don't know if I put words in your mouth so I hope that was similar and I apologize if there is another hand because I might have missed it I was he was pinned on our screen for a moment J uh, Ma's hand is that what I heard? Oh, and he actually has the hand symbol up. That is very <laughs> helpful. <laughs> and I didn't even know that was around. So thanks. And then I saw your hand, Bob. Yeah, I was just, it feels to me like becoming less is surrendering something. And that when that thing dissolves, like the space it creates, like consciousness just rushes in and fills you back up so it's like the space is not is never actually empty thanks Jima. i'm just sort of uh, absorbing that yeah and i don't know if the rudy sutra that we listened to did it get to that point when he talked about being filled with awareness I, I feel like that was a, a great explanation of what Rudy was talking about when he was saying how you have to he was talking about you can fill well anyway I think that what you said was perfect where you're letting go of something to make room and that room is not sitting there empty but that because you let it go through surrender the room is filled immediately with awareness it's like this equal and opposite exchange that occurs simultaneously Bob did you want to sort of finish our thoughts here if you uh, went back a couple slides to the one that had the picture of Rudy. Okay. I will yeah. just mention that because this is Rudy's month, um, I think I read that when Rudy's Mahasamadhi came, he was on an airplane, a small plane, and the last, he, he was recording, he was dictating, recording something, and his last words were uh, something to the effect of opening to a deeper sense of surrender. And this page made me think of uh, becoming less of something, for example, the physical body, surrendering that. Uh, certainly death is something, it's hard to digest, but you can surrender. Uh, and Rudy's Mahasamadhi was just that, it, the quintessential sense of 
surrendering everything to become much greater. Oh, it's a, it's a, uh, you zoomed out really far and I think we're all benefiting from it. Just the idea of, in the end, eventually letting go of all this to re-merge uh, with our higher nature. That's uh, really, yeah, something that continually motivates and should motivate us. Being ready for that, being ready to let go. Thanks, Bob. So I wanted to take the last uh, 10 minutes to do a little bit of meditation together. Um, and what I've done is uh, prepared a... Um, one moment, let me just get a Huh. That is the last one. Here we go. Um, a quote from, or a little satsang video from Babaji about the Medicine Buddha practice. And it's something we've been doing a lot extra of lately, and I thought it'd be good to take some time to do this together. Oh, Jatila is here. He just can't have his screen on because Yay. it's uh, hard on his eyes right now. Jatila's been here the whole time. Should have said hello to you at the beginning, Jatila. I'm sorry. Maybe that little blue hand will come up. Hello, everyone. <laughs> cool. Um, so, Babaji talks about when you're doing the medicine Buddha, it's not, you know, you're not healing someone. Um, you're, in fact, trying to get out of the way. Um, he says it's not you doing it. Get out of the idea that you're healing someone. You're being a vehicle for this blue Shakti to come through and heal the world, you know, in, in the greatest sense. He says you surrender and you allow this to flow through you. Uh, like we've seen before, mostly it's smarter than us, this higher force. Um, it knows where to go and it knows what to do. So I'm going to play that quote from Shambhavananda, and then we'll do a little bit of Medicine Buddha practice to finish and then sit silently at the end. look for the thumbs up on audio levels actually I mean the okay is the best okay make it louder or make it quieter here we go you guys are all seeing Babaji right now I'm assuming okay oh, it's probably not doesn't hold on I got it there we go let's try this The Medicine Buddha is a very kind of expansive thing, expansive type of energy, an expansive type. Uh-oh. Sorry, one more time. I know, yeah. Here we go, last try. There, there, there. Bob did, okay. 
the medicine Buddha is a very kind of expansive thing, expansive type of energy, an expansive type of practice. And it's bigger than individual things that we want to think about sometimes. We can project that energy to heal someone we love, a person that we love, but it's not you doing it. Get out of the idea that you're healing somebody. It's more like you're being a vehicle for this blue Sakti to come through and to heal the world, to heal everything. And what it's putting into the spiritual, the psychic atmosphere is a very positive, a very healing kind of energy. And it's not like you trying to fix somebody. It's more like you surrendering and allow this to flow through you to do what it can and what it will. And in a lot, I mean, mostly it's smarter than us and it knows where to go and what to do. All you kind of have to do is flash a picture of BK and he goes, oh yeah, that guy. So let's all take a few moments to we'll do some Medicine Buddha Mantra and we'll try to really get out of the way, become a vehicle, become less and less, and therefore become more and more. Big 
yourself to become a vehicle for the breath. Use a little bit of effort to smooth out the breath. But try to feel for how you can Use less and less effort to allow the breath to operate at an even higher capacity. Maybe you can even feel a little bit of maybe tension in the shoulders or the neck that you can relax and allow your body to operate at a higher capacity. Using the simple hum sa mantra with your breath, focusing your mind on the mantra, and as thoughts arise, let those go too, let them get out of the way. The less you do right now, and the more you feel, the better.
can finish with just a slight smile. It's just for you, barely perceptible on the surface. And let yourself experiment and play with this concept of doing less and less horizontally. Just like you feel when you have a slight smile, that subtle contentment. It's hard fought, it's a real practice. You'll have to surrender to feel this. But once we can let go enough times, we do arrive somewhere. We do arrive at a state of being that eventually becomes more and more a reflection of our true nature. Until eventually, as the sutras tell us, our waking life becomes yet another ray of consciousness. Thanks everyone for your focus and your awareness and for all this wonderful time spent on Sutra 3.8 and we'll be moving on to Sutra 3.9 in um, two weeks from now. So looking forward to starting that whole journey together too. Namaste. Thanks again.